Star Wars 7x7 episode 3387. Today we're going to continue our series of dives into the Ahsoka series and talking about the characters and what we learned. This time we're going to be talking about Sabine Wren. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So in the run up to the Ahsoka series, there had been a trailer released where Sabine referred to Ahsoka as master and the social media went all the Twitter as it were around the possibility of Sabine having developed force powers about being trained as a Padawan under Ahsoka Tano and what might it all mean. At the time, we did a lot of analysis of Star Wars Rebels episodes on the podcast and ultimately arrived at the conclusion of maybe? <laughs> Maybe it was possible that Sabine could have been trained as a Padawan. Maybe she could have developed Force powers. What we knew for a certainty was a line from Kanan Jarrus as he was speaking with Hera about his frustrations over Sabine's training. This is around the Trials of the Darksaber stuff, where he said that he felt like you know the Force was blocked in regard to Sabine. He talked about it, you know, flowing through all living things. That's what Hera was talking with him about too, and. Yeah, that left open the possibility that Sabine had force powers but didn't necessarily know how to manifest them. And there was trauma in her backstory around having invented the weapon for the Empire that was used against her people. And there's also the notion of force powers fading, the way Ahsoka talked about it with Grogu, about maybe it was just better to let the powers fade and so they would become inaccessible the further along you got in life. So you get the trifecta of trauma and powers fading as a result of advancing age. I know a strange thing to say when Sabine is just in her 30s and a lack of training to be able to bring out that power and help someone harness it. And you have a situation where Sabine Wren is just unable to manifest any force abilities in any way. Now, we don't really have a sense of what happened to Sabine between the end of Rebels and the start of the Ahsoka series. We know that she has been recognized for playing a part in freeing Lothal from the Empire's grip. But aside from that, not much. There had been implications that you know, something had happened with Ahsoka that they had met on more than one occasion. That's what we knew and assumed prior to the events of the Ahsoka series. And we learned out that was in fact true, but we're hearing two different stories about it. And I think you know <laughs> the obvious one to trust is the one that the good guys are telling. But let's start with the story that Balin Skull tells us as he is trying to convince Sabine to give him that little map so they can finish plotting their course to Peridia. He says to Sabine, and he's doing this through some sort of, you know, forcibility, like reaching into her mind, feeling her reactions to things, and it's that according to Balin, the death of Sabine's family on Mandalore happened because her master didn't trust her, and that suggests that Ahsoka was training Sabine prior to the Great Purge of Mandalore, which happened somewhere around 4 ABY, maybe 5 ABY, somewhere in that territory. Like, 
either before or after Return of the Jedi, but near enough, basically. And Balin also refers to Ezra Bridger as the only family Sabine has left, and she certainly doesn't dispute this idea. Now, according to Huyang, though, the story is a little bit different. Instead, it's that most of Sabine's family was killed in the Great Purge of Mandalore, and that actually inspired Sabine to want to train to be a Jedi. But ultimately, Ahsoka walked away from training Sabine because she was afraid that Sabine was too affected by what had happened with her family, and you know, the implication is that maybe she was going to go down a dark path. However, there's also not necessarily any implication that Sabine really got anywhere with unlocking her Force abilities at that point. So, you know, how far down a dark path she could have gone and, you know, become problematic? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem like that far. And yet Ahsoka walked away anyway, only to come back what now seems like four or five years later instead of maybe being as many as 10 or 12. So why would Sabine react to the destruction of Mandalore, the great purge of Mandalore, and the death of her family by asking Ahsoka to train her in the ways of the Force and help her unlock her Force potential? The reason that occurs to me is that at that time, Moff Gideon would have defeated Bo-Katan and taken away the Darksaber from her, and the best way that Sabine could possibly learn to fight Moff Gideon and take the Darksaber away from him is by getting trained in the ways of the Force. And so it says to me that she was seeking revenge for what happened on Mandalore, and that in some other timeline, she might have been able to go after him, take it away from him, and then be seen as a rightful ruler of Mandalore. Considering this situation, I suppose it opens up the possibility for some sort of drama between Bo-Katan and Sabine down the line, somewhere in like a season four of The Mandalorian, for example, but I kind of don't see Sabine having that motivation that she wouldn't necessarily want to take over Mandalore and she seemed just as eager to let Bo-Katan have the Darksaber as <laughs> the titular Mandalorian Din Djarin was but I can see a world where she would have been interested in at least defeating Gideon taking the Darksaber away from him and then trying to give it back to Bo-Katan if she was able and if Bo-Katan would even be willing to take it back at that point or if she would end up seething the way she did at the end of season two of Mando but obviously that didn't happen and <laughs> instead we have an entirely different path unfolding where she's now stranded on Perdia but has unlocked her force abilities. It's a bit of an ironic twist actually that it may have been trauma that contributed to locking down her force abilities but it's also trauma that contributed to unlocking them again like nearly being killed by one of those troopers and yeah was that death troopers but that zombie troopers like that's crazy to you know force her to you know have that you know last minute you know desperate life or death situation that allowed her to call the lightsaber to her and ultimately unlock that power in her. So where we leave her at the end of the Ahsoka series is in a much more confident and fulfilled position, even though she realizes that she is responsible for the heroes being stranded on Peridia. And you know, to that point, still do not understand her motivations 
for not being rushed to get off Peridia unless it was just that she had utterly lost hope that Ezra was in fact her only family and she was perfectly happy allowing herself to get stranded on Peridia with Ezra and willing to risk Ezra finding out that she could have enabled them to escape and ultimately didn't and yeah, uh, that's just one of those tangled webs that got woven over the course of those last couple of episodes. I just, I really don't understand that motivation other than just, you know, thinking she was giving up on the galaxy and decided that she was just going to be fine signing off and living a quiet life. But now she sent Ezra back to the galaxy far, far away. So now she's going to have to figure out how to get back there to you know, be reunited with her family once again. As to whether you know, they're actually trying to go back there, well, you know, we'll start to get into that a little bit more over the next couple of episodes. But that's what I've got for you about Sabine Wren and what we learned about her and her journey over the course of the Ahsoka series. And that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. 7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyrighted by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.